Welcome to this week's installment of Four Guys, One Mike. My name is Logan Sheets, and I'm back from the Army. Not really, it's just producer Colin. Wow. Fooled you. You had me convinced. Alright, let's dive right into it. Obviously, the biggest news is going on right now is all the politics that's in sports. Matthew, would you like to start? Okay, thank you, Matthew. Yeah, Matthew's holding up a ceiling somewhere. I don't, I don't know what that means, but that's where he's at. Alright, well, let's start. Who wants to take the floor first? Colin, go ahead. Producer Colin. Alright. Well, as many of you know, in the NFL, in response to what President Trump said about all NFL players that don't stand during the flag, everyone basically did not stand for the flag. And if they did, it was when they locked arms or they did Black Panthers. Gentlemen, what's your thoughts? We asked for yours first. Yeah, that's oh, exactly what's mine what first? Just <laughs> well, my opinion, I hate every part of it, but at the end of the day, it's protected in their First Amendment, so I won't like you, but you have the right to do it. I think that's kind of where I'm at on this whole thing. I've never, you'll never see me do it. I'm going to stand and put my hand over my heart. But in the same sense, there's a lot better things, or a lot worse things they could be doing than just kneeling. They could be rioting. They could be looting. I don't have to agree with it, but I, I mean, they're allowed to do that. They, they you have to accept it. They're God-given right. Like they're it. allowed to do that. Here's the thing. 99% of them that all kneeled on Sunday and will probably kneel again this Sunday only kneeled because Trump said not to. Like, when you call out the most competitive people in America to not do something, they're gonna and they do already it. hate you, they're going to do it. I'll, and I think, rub it in your face. I don't think everybody... I don't, Jerry Jones hated it. I don't think everybody hated, hates him for that. Or they hate him, number one. A lot of people do. I think I think a lot of people... More than you think, I, I don't necessarily agree with what he's saying, but in the same sense, not everyone. The, people did it for different reasons. That's what this whole message is getting lost in translation. Yeah. But back to what I was saying, there are a lot. There are far more things we should be worrying about than people taking a knee, and that's all I'm going to say about it. And then the whole White House situation too with Seth Curry. Yeah. Again, that kind of sparked the whole thing. Yeah. It's like everyone in sports hates him now because it started with Steph Curry. The thing is, again, I, we're not going to talk about that much, but we it should probably be addressed. People didn't go to the office when Obama was there, and no one really cared. It's it's being made a bigger deal than it really is. There's there's people in Puerto Rico that don't have power and worried about someone taking a knee. Oh yeah, like the with like this is whole, like completely like it's amazing how like how quickly we can get over news like a month ago. Let's not, not make, even the hurricanes hit. Say Hurricane Harvey and our, costs our billions of dollars, and it's there. People are still feeling. It's not like they just got fixed. But we've transitioned to Trump versus the sports now because that's the big talk. So it's amazing how like quick we can forget things. How that's just news, though. Yeah, how influential. The Let's not forget is. North Korea did declare war on us. No. They, oh well, his, they. My bad. The they comment said, that Trump made said it was war. But back to this means war. I think another thing. I think why the kneeling, in my opinion, is going to stop after probably last week because. If you haven't already seen, a lot of ad sponsors are pulling out because of this. When it comes down to it, NFL is still a business. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Goodell says, hey, you're allowed to do that, but quit. I don't know. I mean, people have already said, like, the Saints said they're done kneeling. The Broncos said they're done kneeling. The Steelers never kneeled to begin with. That's a whole other issue. They were trying to just stay out of everything, and they act... They- 
They only did because Villanueva went out there, but they wanted to give him center stage. No, what happened was he walked out and thought everyone was coming out and realized way too late that no one else showed up. So he was trying to run back, but the flag was already at attendance. So he, what's he supposed to do? Yeah, people people made like Pittsburgh out to be like the greatest team in the NFL for like honoring their vet. And then they made him out to be the worst because they made him they made him a martyr. Both of those are wrong. Yeah, he went out by accident. He's the one that said that. And then people were trying to say that was a forced statement. That's bullcrap, too. He's the most, he's probably the most respected guy in the whole locker room. So he served multiple, he had multiple tours in Afghanistan. Three. He's a pretty important part of the team. It's not like he's respected. He's a, he's a, a good tackle, of too. So he's not, he's just got a big con. That whole thing's another argument, but back to actual NFL. Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery are officially dead. No, not, not Ty. He's day to day. I don't know how with a broken rib he's day to day, but he's day to day. Devonta Adams' brain got scrambled. That that was one of the dirtiest hits I've ever seen. Danny Trevathan should be suspended. That's true. That's CTE immediate. That was there. You see that high school game. That was a dirty. That was WWE moves right there. I loved that. That but, was amazing. But yeah, Devonta Adams, rest in peace. No. Uh, he, Danny Trevathan. That play was dead. That was give a lot of crap to the Bengals and Vontez. That was way worse than anything Vontez has ever done. Yes. Von, most of Vontez's really dirty plays are like bang bang. That was play was done over with for about three seconds before he decided to come out of nowhere and bra- break his brain in half. But the Packers hey, still won. Packers still did win. Aaron Rodgers is not broken, contrary yes, to Bryce's is. belief. He didn't even throw for two hundred yards. He quit throwing after the second quarter. I know. But Aaron Rodgers is not broken. He is very well fixed. Uh, I would say right we'll now, we'll Hammer Tom Brady is the MVP of the league. It's Tom over him by a mile. I wouldn't I say think, a mile. Yeah. Because Rodgers hasn't really thrown for that many yards compared to Brady. He has more yards than Brady. Really? No. Yeah. The first three games of the year, Aaron Rodgers had 300 yards a game. Brady had like 500 yards in those games. He didn't have – he threw – first game was 230, no touchdowns. Then I think like 340 and 340. Oh, well, maybe I just need to get caught up with the – Maybe you have CT. Maybe, I guess. But end of the story about this whole – Devonta or Danger Faithen, it says in the rule book, if you lead with a crown your helmet, he did that. And you hit someone with a crown <laughs> your helmet, you get ejected immediately. He didn't get ejected, so that was also... They at least called the flag. I oh, didn't watch yeah. the game. Yeah, they called the flag. But we'll see. Speaking of Tom Brady, he has the torch pretty much all his now. That game against the Texans last week was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. 41 points for me to fantasy. Sick brag. No one cares. But is the torch getting passed this week, you think? And if he is, who is he going to? Well, who did they play? They play the Panthers. Panthers? Decent team. Um, no. So, who's your Tom Brady Memorial Torch Passing of the Week go-to, Colin? Are we, is that going to become a segment? It just did. Okay. So, I will go first while you think of someone. Mine, I passed it to Jared Goff last week during the, final, the Thursday night game. And if he does go out and beat Dallas in Dallas, the torch is firmly in his hands. Jared Goff? Yes, I'm, I'm a big Jared Goff guy right now. I've been watching, I watched a couple of their games. He looks good. The Rams look good. Sean McVay looks, Sean McVay is very, very young. He's only 31. Probably should be playing in the NFL, not coaching it. But I'm all sold on Jared Goff. Colin, who you got for your torch of the passing of the week? I have Jameis Winston. Okay. Last week he threw for over 300 yards with two touchdowns and going up against the Giants who don't really, ha- do they really have a defense? Yeah, it's about the best yeah. part of their team. That's not saying much. That's also true. But did you see Jared Goff? Not Jared Goff, excuse me. I'm really, really, I'm really, really, really talking about him. 
But James Winston had three picks last week against the Vikings. So are you sure you want to have him as your torch passing? Well, the league? keep in mind the Vikings defense I feel is way better than the Giants defense. I would say that's probably fair. Giants defense is in a kickball though. But if he does win, it makes it the more impressive. I say yes. That would be a definitely a torch passing worthy uh, award. Bryce, who's your uh, honorary torch passer this week? All right, this man is a veteran. Had a very very good game last week. I'm changing it from what I said earlier in pre-production. Larry Fitzgerald is my torch passing of the week because I forgot how much I love Larry Fitzgerald after watching him beat Dallas or uh, beat. They lost to Dallas. They lost to Dallas. Still. So if they, so what do you have to do to get? Probably one of the. Best catches of the year so far. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet catch. Larry Fitzgerald is my torch passy. They the only play San Francisco. They this week. Yeah. They play San Francisco. He's, a, he's got a good chance of getting it. Torch pat doesn't have to be quarterback. That's true, doesn't. It? Say, last week during the Penn State Iowa game, Bryce thought Saquon Barkley should have got it, and I said no, this is premature. And then sure enough, they win. So yeah. he could have gotten the torch pass. Okay, uh, college football. My segue. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, well, college athletes take a knee. Now, if you want to get my opinion, I don't think it's going to happen because administration in the front office, like the whole school probably won't allow it to happen. I'm going to say college, you have a lot less say as a player. Unfortunately. Than NFL. Because you're but, a student. Yeah, but that, I say, Urban Meyer was talking about it yesterday. I said, we'll see what happens. And then Jalen Holmes of the Buckeyes, one of their best defensive players, said, we want to do something – not symbolic, but meaningful. Now, I don't know what that means, but that is interesting. It means you don't want to do something symbolic. It just wants to be meaningful. So, yeah, so I don't think it's going to happen. Connor, you, you probably don't think we'll have any idea. Probably not. So there's just too much, too many moving parts, like the administration, the AD. Yeah, I don't they, think to, they represent so much Yeah, they represent the, the school. That, yeah, they are, yeah, exactly. <coughs> we'll see. Sorry, I'm still sick after two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, biggest game this week. I would say is Clemson and Vatek. I could argue that. Argue that. Penn State, Iowa, Indiana, sorry, is going to be a pretty big game. Penn State, Indiana, I think it'll be a fun game too. Indiana, Bloomington, not an easy place. They're playing in Penn State, but. Oh, well, Happy Valley is still a tough place. Yeah, especially in locker rooms with the visiting team. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Clemson, I am not sold on anybody in the football this year. Nobody's really impressed me at all. I mean, Ohio State hasn't looked great. Alabama really hasn't looked Played any. Oh, they they would have. They it would have been a better game against FSU if their Cam Newton lookalike quarterback didn't die. Oklahoma sh- almost lost to Baylor. Michigan, I don't think is Penn's, good at all. Penn, Penn State should be Florida by like fifty. Penn State almost lost to Iowa. Penn State had to go down the field in a minute to win, which is impressive, I guess. But it, still, they, I'm still sold on Penn State. I'm not. That's about the only one I'm sold on. I'm not sold on any teams. They're the only team I would want besides Ohio State to win it. No. I'm, I'm. We're not. That's whole different. I'm not talking about why I can't stand. Well, it's not true. You only hate them now because they're actually decent. No, I hate them because. Never mind. It's it's Jerry Sandusky. That, well, that's a Jerry complete Sandusky. reasonable reason to not like somebody. I understand. That's but fair. other games, Bryce alluded to, as I said, Indiana Penn State's a good one. Auburn versus Stingray's team. Mississippi State. That'll be a good one. Yeah. And speaking of Stingray, he's having a tough time with his uh, Stingray show. Not loading right. Pretty sad stuff. You guys we love you, Stingray. Yeah, we'll probably have you on here in a week or two. Right now, with the Northwestern Wisconsin game going a lot different than what I thought. Yeah, it's a low scoring game. It's Big Ten football season now. Yeah. And it looks like Northwestern might just score. Well, back right to here. Auburn and Mississippi State. I don't know. Auburn's looked pretty. Auburn looks good against Clemson. But Mississippi State trashed LSU but lost last week to Georgia. Georgia, I also oh, think, wow. is a lot better than people think with that Fromm dude. Yeah. But. Nick Chubb. 
And I feel like he's, not, he's a Michigan State basketball player who plays football for Georgia. Yeah. Next game, Colin wrote this one down. I kind of disagree with it. Wake Forest and Florida State. Florida State. It's just two really bad teams. I wouldn't say they're really bad, but they're not very good. Florida State's amazing how they're just so dependent on one player, and now they're so bad. Yeah, that, that it kind of is impressive. Jimbo Fisher's losing his marbles. I think he lost that as soon as Jameis Winston left for the NFL. But another game, Florida and Vanderbilt. I don't think it's going to be a bigger game either, but it's a notable one. Mm-hmm. And then our game, Ohio State and Rutgers. Do we really need to say it? I'm going to be honest with you. I think Rutgers will surprise Ohio State a little bit. It'd be nice. No, you know what I'm saying? That they played Washington already this year, and they were only down seven nothing at half. Well, we were tied with Oklahoma three to three at half, and look what happened there. That's what we I'm got saying. A bus I'm saying Rutgers, look, but they're a good team. I don't know. GC Barrett's he's coming around finally. Sure, against some not quality opponents, Took but in three weeks. But hey, I last week we were there. Sick brag. Talk about that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, he looked good last week. Looked good against Army for most of the game. I, if he can go out. And play against Rutgers at night and throw for like five more touchdowns. Say we're we're back to saying GT Bear to starter again. Until he throws like one pick and then we want Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, that's the thing with Ohio State fans. They're so wishy washy. Like they're not happy with anything. Oh, it sucks being a Buckeye fan because if they don't, we 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 have this like idea that they're gonna be the best team ever, and when they don't act like it, we go nuts. No pun intended. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose or not. It but, wasn't. But yeah. Just he'll go out and probably throw for like two eighty and five touchdowns or four touchdowns again. He'll It'd throw be, one pick, we we'll get pissed. Yeah, see that one pick. All, everybody on mask over that. The Ohio, I'm not gonna discredit that. Last year he looked like crap, and then the Oklahoma game this year he looked like crap. So far this year he hasn't played that bad outside of that game. He only has one interception. And he has ten touchdowns. Yeah, the and, thing is though he hasn't really played much quality. I say again, he hasn't played that much. On top of that, so not this week, but next week I think will be good. Good indication. That that's Maryland. That's against Maryland. Maryland. I think Maryland? That's a, that'll be a good indication on how good we really are and how good he really is. Mm-hmm. Well, he and looked pretty good against UNLV. Our secondary needs to help out because they, they've that's been picked, the second. I'll say. Or maybe the weakest part of our game. I'll say. Right now. We could be a far worse off than JT Barrett. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, the world is whole again. USC lost last night. And to now their fans can shut up about being the best. Washington State. I'm going to be honest. I had USC win the national title. <laughs> They still can if they went out. I think if they have Washington State, I don't know how what side they're on, but I don't know. Mike Leake's done a pretty good job up in Washington State. I he, didn't know Mike Leake played football. He's a coach for Washington State. You mean like the Mike Leake that we remember from the Reds? No, or a this guy he likes pirates and got a guy in a concussion, concussion shed. It is very confusing. But yeah, I'm glad USC lost. I like Sam Darnold, but I don't like USC. I'm interested to see how they bounce back. They're a bunch of truthers. They saw us that today. He has eight picks this year already. Sam Darnold does. He had nine total last year. Yep. Ow. So, yeah, I don't know. It, USC fans. Every USC. year they have pressure, they suck. Yeah, Time USC to hit the panic really button. The- I say last year, no one had any expectations for him. Got him win the Rose Bowl. Then when they had Matt Barkley, the year they were banned from the playoffs, they went, I think they lost one game. And then the year after that, they sucked because they had Lane Kevin as coach. But, yeah, USC lost. Everybody's happy. USC sucks. But, again. Even better news later for why the world is whole again. We went we'll to get the, there. We went to the Buckeye game last week against UNLV. It was very hot. Colin. Not as bad as what I Colin. thought. Producer Colin was all over the place. Colin was very overwhelmed. Not. Yes, you were. You were you, everything you saw, you pointed out because you've never seen anything I like would, that before. Whatever. Well, I mean, growing up in a small town that we live in. Nice Prague. 
That's yeah, not to brag or anything, but it's an overwhelming experience. And then, is it? It's the same. It's. I felt the same way when I first visited Ohio State for college. Sick brag again. Yeah, not to brag again, but future Buckeye right here, hopefully. Sick brag again. But it's like it's overwhelming at first, and then you kind of just get used to it, and you just loved it. Yeah, the game was fun, other than it was hot, and some guy poured his drink the first two seconds oh, of that, the game. Oh, that made me so and mad, then my, my shoes, my were, shoes so were still sticky. sticky. Yeah, me too. My shoes are still sticky. And we ran into a homeless guy. Sticky shoes. That guy was not homeless. The guy yeah. did a Rick and Morty. Yeah, a guy did a Rick and Morty impressions on the side. Very of the bad. They were terrible, but he was really cool about it. He he, I almost gave him a twenty dollar bill by accident. That could have been tragic. But he caught it and said, "I can't take that." So and I was like, champ. "I wasn't going to give it to you anyway." But uh, yeah, that was a fun game, uh, which leads us into drum roll, Colin. Six. Okay, uh, we've kind of advertised this for a long time. Uh, I'm still kind of shocked that we could pull this off. And if you guys listen to it, you can hear my voice crack a little bit at the very beginning of this interview. We he was ta- a scared little boy. I, I, I was nervous. I've never been nervous talking to anybody when our interview started, but I was, like, legitimately nervous talking to uh, Jim Trestle. This was the first time in years Dylan's actually wore a diaper, just in case. Uh, no. Uh, just remember, this guy is, like, most of our childhood. I say, I thought it was really cool. He, he made it comfortable towards the middle of it, but, yeah, it was pretty tense. But uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Here is what Jim Trestle. Yeah, that's right. I said Jim Trestle had. We now have on our podcast uh, former coach Jim Trestle. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well, Dylan. How are you today? I'm doing all right. All right. Our first question is, at, when did you know you wanted to be a football coach? I mean, you coached for a pretty long time, but, like, when did you know? You know, I, I think um, it really became apparent uh, when I was trying to decide where to go to college, I was thinking about the military academies and being an engineer, or I was thinking about going to uh, uh, another school and and be uh, in education. And I think I came to the conclusion early in my senior year of high school that I wanted to go and study education, and along with that, teaching, uh, coaching as well. Okay. You... Uh played quarterback at Bolden Wallace. Uh, do you think that made coaching easier for you? Well, you know, I think any any experience you have, um, especially around the sport that you're going to be co- hoping to coach, and and then if you're fortunate enough to be in a leadership role when you're playing, you know, I think you see things uh, a little bit more like the coaches than maybe when you were a freshman or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I think it definitely helped. Okay. Um, what was your favorite part about being a coach and why? Oh, I think the, the favorite part was watching student athletes come in and uh, helping them in their development, finding out what it was that they really were passionate about and, and helping them understand what it would take to to realize those dreams and, and uh, reach their goals and, and uh, just watching them progress. Uh, and obviously, you know, coaching the games, competitive is fun, you know, trying to be the best group you can be. Uh, but I think if I had to pick one thing, it would probably be the just the individual interaction with the uh, with the students, the players. Okay. Um, now, you coached at Youngstown State and Ohio State. 
obviously two different programs. How did you approach those schools like differently? Obviously, one was one double A and one is one of the biggest programs in all football. Yeah, you know, I think from a program standpoint, I, I approached them both exactly the same. Obviously, I knew I needed better players um, at a higher level, uh, you know, so uh, figuring out what it was uh, from a talent standpoint, uh, you know, was a, a transition. But on the other hand, you know, what we did from a program standpoint, what our foundational beliefs were, how we went about things, um, you know, that was really exactly the same, quite honestly. Okay, so earlier you said that one of your favorite uh, parts of coaching was developing or seeing young players develop. Uh, what was your, your favorite recruit that kind of exceeded expectations, did better than he was supposed to? Oh, boy. You know, whenever people ask me best ever, whether it's best ever win or best ever player or best ever quarterback, or uh, I really hesitate to, uh, to say, you know, who might be the best ever. But, you know, it was especially fun to see some guys, uh, I'm thinking about Ohio State in particular, that at, at that point in time is really when the recruiting ratings started becoming uh, talked about and, and uh, seeing some of those guys that we thought were really going to be good players, but maybe the rating systems didn't, uh, and then to see them come in and, you know, do extraordinary jobs and, and zoom up the ladder and become, you know, first or second round draft choices. You know, I can think in particular, uh, a guy like A.J. Hawk was just a two or a three star kind of guy and became the eighth guy picked in the draft and, um, a guy like uh, Troy Smith came in. You know, he wasn't that highly sought after and ended up being a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was, you know, maybe a two- or a three-star recruit and ended up being a first-round pick. Uh, James Laurinaitis was, a, you know, maybe a three-star or whatever and became the first guy picked in the second round. And, you know, all those guys, uh, you know, did extraordinary things uh, when – Early in their career, not everyone had signed them up for being superstars. Okay, interesting. You bring up like the five star, three star, whatever. As a as a coach, did that matter to you that much? I mean, obviously you want to get like the blue chips, five stars. But like as a coach, did did the stars really, did you treat all the players the same, or was there like any kind of favoritism toward the five stars as opposed to like the two? Oh no, you know when you were in recruiting, if someone was ranked a five star, you took a good look at them. Uh, but you still made your own determination uh, as to the skill sets they had, as how they fit what you needed. Uh, you still did a lot of, of uh, checking out on the things off the field, whether it's their academics or their, uh, you know, how they got along as teammates, and you know those kinds of things. Uh, so, but but certainly, you know, most five-star guys were really good players, and. Uh, but you never know if that was the one you needed at the time. And, and then really once they got there, whether it was once they got to Youngstown State or once they got to Ohio State, and whether they were a walk-on or they were a full scholarship, uh, they were totally evaluated by what we saw in the film every day in practice. Okay. Uh, we're a month into the season now. When you were still coaching – how would you keep your players motivated as the season went on? Because this is when it, like, conference is starting. It's a big part of the season, obviously. I mean, you win a conference, you got a chance to win the whole thing. Right. 
Well, you know, I think every season, uh, every situation has always got some subsets. Um, and I Uh, you know, maybe the the league games were another, and then the Michigan game was a whole season of its own, and the bowl game was a whole season of its own. I suppose nowadays, in in FBS, you got to kind of put in there. There's a new one now with the playoffs. Obviously, when we were at Youngstown State, uh, we might have the pre-conference games and the conference games, and then of course we always had a playoff, and, and so the playoff was a season of its own, and. Uh, so according to where you are and however you've carved up your season, um, you know, at the beginning, and you talk a lot about it in preseason, say, okay, here, here's, here's the various parts of the season. And, uh, you know, we want to finish each one of those parts undefeated. And uh, so, you know, what's it going to take to, you know, to do that? And once that part of the season's over, whether you're undefeated or not, you also knew you were going to the next uh part of the season and and uh so you know it's kind of fun trying to it's more of a, a mental and emotional um thing that you've got to try to to manage uh because you know the kids work so hard and and they put so much into it and you know the their stress level just because how much they want to succeed uh you have to be careful that you don't find them with their emotional gas tanks empty. And uh, so, uh, you know, constant conversations about that are, I think, are important. Okay. So uh, you were big on making the young people better in the community. Uh, how exactly did you go about that? Well, you know, the thing that, uh, the thing that we tried to do uh, whenever we first got together with our guys is ask them what they wanted. And one of the areas we meaning, you know, let's 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 set the the hypothesis or the agreement that hey, we're all playing at Ohio State, and that with that good fortune goes some responsibility to to care for others and, and give of yourself. And and so, what is it you'd like to be a part of? Uh, and so we really wanted a lot of what we did to be student-led, you know, to be the things that they were excited about doing. And when it was their idea, uh, you know, obviously there was buy-in from the beginning. And, uh, you know, the only thing that was non-negotiable was, uh, you know, w- we had to, to agree that we were fortunate and that there was a, there was a responsibility uh, you know, with that uh, good fortune, and, and uh, um, but we wanted them to really uh, kind of create the plan. Okay, um, kind of staying on the same track. You had a, bu- a book you wrote called "More Than a Coach" that you'd passed out to players. I mean, what, what was that about? First question, and then the second question I have is, why did you pass it out to begin with? Well. There was a book called More Than a Coach written about us. Now we yeah. didn't we yeah. didn't write it and we didn't pass it out to the team. Uh, that was not something we did. 
we had a book that we wrote, and it was kind of an internal book uh, called the Winner's Manual. Yeah, that's and then that that later became a book for sale. But uh, uh, so we started doing that. You know, again, creating you know basically our plan uh, for what we were going to do to win, and win in the classroom, win in the community, uh, and you know it evolved over time. It was about a forty or fifty page book in 1986, and and it was almost 500 pages by 2010 uh, because players and coaches would constantly add to it, and we would. We would, uh, you know, edit it and make it make it uh, relevant to the moment and and so forth. And and it was just kind of our manual. That's why we called it the winner's manual. Okay, uh, you're also very big on what you call quiet time. You did that as mm-hmm. a coach. You, I mean, you tweet about it every once in a while. What exactly mm-hmm. is quiet time? Well, one of the things we always wanted to do because we knew that that. Our, our players' experience was more than just playing football, and that by the time they got to us in the afternoon after being at class, plus they have lives of their own and uh, so forth, is we always wanted to start our day together uh, in what we called quiet time, just to clear our minds, uh, think. And so, you know, we had a daily thing we called quiet time. Uh, and, you know, since uh, 2011, uh, since we weren't together uh, having quiet time, uh, some of the guys said, hey, why don't you do it on Twitter? And we can all check it out. So every day we have, you know, we put a little thought out for quiet time. And uh, just because we think it's a good habit to begin your day, uh, you know, thinking about something that um, you know makes sense to you, um, that uh, perhaps inspires you, perhaps uh, puts you in the right frame of mind, and uh, so that's that's how it began, and that's how it's continuing. Okay, now that you're out of coaching, are you like officially retired now? Would you say? Well, you know, I'm the president of Youngstown State University, so I'm working more hours than I was as the head coach of Ohio State. So I don't, if one says that's officially retired, I don't know, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, just building a team that's larger. You know, I used to have a hundred guys and a dozen coaches, and, you know, now I have, uh, uh, you know, 13,000 students and 2,000 employees and uh, a whole lot to do. And, uh, you know, so at this point, I would say I'm not retired. <laughs> uh, now that you are president, have you taken anything from coaching and applied it to being the president of Youngstown? Oh, absolutely. You know, trying to build a team, trying to build relationships, trying to become the best you can be, trying to stay at the cutting edge of, of technology and, and what's going on within your business, if you will. Uh, yeah, it's it's not much different at all, quite honestly. Okay. Um, so sticking on the presidential questions, what has changed for you? Like, what has changed for you? Like, life as a coach was one thing, now life as a president. What are the major differences for you? You know, it's not 
very different. You know, it's seven days a week and something every night and, and uh, trying to make an impact, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, in the community but with your individuals. And, and uh, uh, so, you know what, life really hasn't changed much at all. Okay, our uh, last question we have here. Do you miss anything about coaching football? And if so, what is it? You know, probably the thing you miss a little bit is that you had the same staff. You were in there together all hours of the night, working night and day, trying to figure out the plan that would be best for the students, best for the uh, for the university. And, uh, you know, you became very close. You don't have those day in and day out, long, grueling times together. And, you know, those are special. You end up like brothers. And, uh, you know, that, that I missed that a little bit. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go here? No, I think we're good. I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to reminisce and talk a little bit. And, and uh, uh, I appreciate you calling. Hey, I appreciate you accepting our interview request. Uh, that's all we Alrighty. have. Uh, Coach, okay. thank you for coming on. Okay. Take care. Yep, you too. Bye. Beat Michigan. Bye. Thank you again to Jim Trestle. I'm sorry I sounded like a nervous wreck in that interview. We, we, were, we were sorry it didn't last longer, kind of like Rick Pitino. Rest in peace. Yeah, he Rest is, in Pitino. He, Six transition. It's my favorite show I've ever, sure I've ever seen. Uh, Investigator Patrick is all in on this. Good God, he hates Patino. Mostly because he's a bitter Michigan fan and Michigan lost the national title. I'm really hoping Michigan gets in trouble. That would be the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, they actually hired back Patino because this is some of Michigan's fault. Yeah. That would make my life. But yeah, this thing is wild. This thing is not going to go away for a very long time. Oh, no. He he definitely deserved probably... Didn't he not even get fired? I thought he retired. Or retired. He, they got him on public administrative leave. And basically what he that means is they, they can't, they're going to fire you anyway. But basically what I understood was Tom Jerkic or whatever his name is, the AD, who's one of the best ADs in the country, yes. said, I'm not firing him. So they fired Jerkic, Jer- whatever the hell his last name is, and Patino. That's a big blow, Louisville. Well, I mean, they're, oh, yeah. he's one of the, say what you want about him. He, he lasted 15 seconds, paid prostitutes to have sex with under, underage students and crap. But he still is one of the best coaches we've ever seen. Well, that might be because he got a bunch of towels because of you know prostitutes. But point is, <laughs> I don't know. It's I mean, for those who don't know, are living under a rock. A lot of coaches are playing a lot of people. A lot of yeah, recruits. This is, he's not the only dirty coach in NCAA. I say, but he he's like the, the smart ones don't get caught. Speaking of not getting caught, Nike might get in trouble now. I thought you were going to say something about OJ. He, I the the, the killer's still on the loose. Joe Pod dead, and he deserved to be dead. Okay. Uh, so, if Nike has involvement, which, God, I hope it does, because that means Kentucky and Duke. Uh, if What Don Nike team would him. you really want to get in trouble? Duke. Kentucky. Duke. Okay, Bryce. What about UNC? That's what I said. The smart ones don't get caught. They're not the smart ones. They're um, a bunch they, of morons. They had fake classes. They're, they're smart enough to fool the rest of the NCAA. Maybe they're not... You know, having them get this official and out. Excuse me, but they had fake classes for 20 years. I still... Uh, where's the official site that says that? Where's our strip national championships? Where's our strip banners? Where's that? Oh, it's coming. Hey, it's coming. Up. It's coming. Don't gang up on me. 
I'm just stating the facts. But yeah, the point is, if, if we're going to do Nike teams, we it, it's Kentucky every single time. Oh, yeah. Screw him. Not do. Screw John Calipari. I hate Calipari. All right. Now you're going to hate me for this. I hate Coach K. How do you hate, hate no, Coach K? I hate, I hate Calipari, too. Also, for yeah, those who don't know, the NCAA. Okay, explain why you hate Duke. Grayson Allen? Grayson That's... Allen's dirty player. and I, I don't understand why you love him. Duke needs to have a hated player. No, they don't. Yes, they do. When Duke Christian has that hated Slater. player, Christian Slater. you, Christian Slater's an actor. You are all What's over Vontez Burfecht for being so dirty, but <laughs> no. Christian Slater can trip and smack people in the face and you get off to that. Hold your horses. There's a not huge... so fast, my friend. I was not about to do league horses. Grayson Allen hit someone in the head. The thing is, there's several... There's several... That's a head dance. If they can get a CT in basketball, the CT is not real. Well, I mean, the, the court is probably hard enough. That's what she said. So is my... Never mind. Uh... But anyway, you want to know why I think Duke needs needs to be hated? Why? It's the greatest. Because people let's go back love to it. Hating Duke or beating Duke when they're hated. Okay, so let's go back in time. Okay. People love beating Duke because they were the best. Everyone hated them. Where are we at in the time period? Nineteen. I'm starting in the nineties. Okay, so. Christian Leitner. Yeah. So anyway, they had it. They had a villain that everybody they, everyone came together to hate Duke equally. They had J.J. Redick. People really hated that guy. I know. North Carolina, Psycho T. A lot of people hated that guy. Tim Tebow. Had nothing to do with this. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is people hate it, love to hate the Miami Heat. I brought people together. When you have a team okay, that so commonly... Okay, so what's the difference between Duke and Kentucky? I'm getting there. Okay. You need someone to hate. You need a really... Just a, a really okay, Colin. Hold on. You, Colin. you need a white, goofy-looking player who's kind of good, but not very. But just he makes college good. JJ Redick was he transcended. He's a decent enough NBA player. Christian Leitner kind of sucked. He lasted. But when they when Duke has just a bunch of one and dones, they're awful. You need that one guy who just never leaves. Kyle Singler. Again, uh, John Shire. People hated those guys. Oh, I hated John Shire. Every Plumley. Every, yeah, exactly. You need a guy to hate. Duke's okay. that team. Well, what about Kentucky? Everyone hates Kentucky. You want to know why? Not because they're players, because of Cal Perry. Okay, is that, there's a difference with this? There's a huge difference. How? He's a coach. People love to beat Kentucky to beat Cal Perry. Right. Are you saying, okay, so. But they don't well, like beating Krzyzewski. They like being the goofy white player that somehow is good in college. Let me, let me rephrase. Let me ask you a question. So, would it be better to have one fail but have the other strive? No. Well, mm, you need one of them to be good. So, like me saying, as long as one of them's still good. I think the, the mantra with Duke is it's because they're a private, rich school with a bunch of smart kids. That's why smart I, white kids. Not don't forget that. Do no, but the, the point is, it's a really smart school, big school, or not big school, private, rich people school. Basketball's been king forever. They need You need Duke to be good, not Kentucky. Because Kentucky has the hit. You need them both to be good because equally hated people. Okay, it just depends on what kind of spectrum you are. What back when they had They're, like Noel and they were really terrible in the NIT? That no was, one cared. That was, no, that was a good year in college. I thought sports, basketball. Well, I think it's easier to hate. It's easier to hate Kentucky for me than it is Duke because I just hate Cal Perry so much. Because I don't know how he can still coach when he's gone to a program, ruined it, gone to a program, ruined it again. Derek Gross, rest in peace. And then Kentucky somehow does not get in trouble when they get all the top five recruits every single year. There's something fishy going on. Maybe he's just maybe he's just so good at doing it, or maybe he's not. You exactly the smart ones get away with. Or maybe because you just because everybody hates Cal Perry. I mean, everyone does. You maybe he doesn't actually do it. Maybe he's so maybe he actually is clean. I can't say this without thinking like I'm an a hole. 
But you think the way people hate him, he'd already be in trouble by now. Yeah, they do a lot more like investigations and like random checks, quote unquote. Yeah. Of their program. It, it seems like. I'm also another team to watch out for. This whole thing is Arizona. What? What? Where did that come from? This is, I'm just gonna. Are we just talking college basketball now? Yeah, we're another okay. team to watch out. The point is, it's easier to hate. It's easier for I hate Cal Perry. A lot of want to do Duke. We need Duke to be the douchey team that everybody hates, not Kentucky. Back to what I was saying. Arizona could be in trouble too. Oh, okay. Another Nike trouble. school. I thought you meant like. Okay. Another Nike school. Well, this is gonna be a lot. This is gonna. It doesn't matter what goes on in college basketball this year, what narratives are brought up. This is getting dominated the entire year. It doesn't matter what. It's going to what? Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Like, some dude. Yeah, a lot more interesting, too. <laughs> Grayson Allen could score 80 points a game for Duke. Shout out to Duke. But it's not going to matter what. It, if someone could go undefeated this year when that's title, it's not going to matter because this whole thing is taking take, It's going to be overlapped by this fact that. Maybe. Five or eight teams. Potentially. Because if Nike doesn't get in trouble, then this all goes under the rug. Right. Which, and again, country's corrupt. We're all on money, so Nike's such like a big sponsor, they might just like blow it off. Because they lose a lot of profit. We'll see. Lose These it. Nike schools are in trouble, and Nike's in trouble, and all this good stuff. Speaking of losing profit, the Reds are still really bad. No, no, you idiot. You, you missed the transition. We forgot to transition into, into NBA. NBA. And, and I keep forgetting why we even had the NBA. And now, no one's going to listen to this episode. So, preseason started. Wade went to the, the, the Cavs, and Noah went to the Thunder. We might as well not even talk about it. Okay, so we will talk about it. Because speaking of sucking instead of that transition. Uh, okay, there you go. You redeemed yourself. Knicks are screwed. <laughs> They so were screwed sure. since Phil Jackson decided to butcher that entire team. But I missed. I, <laughs> I have one bright spot, and he's not even going to stay there after his contract's up. There's no way Kristoff is there after. I don't know why people are saying D Wade's the big like the answer to that team. It's not. There's no. They, there's him and Dwayne or him and let's face are friends. It'll help a little bit. They're both going to go to LA together after this year. Speaking, he's only on a one year contract. I don't know about that because Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook's not leaving now. It's true. Oh, can't make a super team. So in you LA can't. I say that's true because he, he, he he's always going to leave. But um, yeah, no, Wade definitely helps that team by one moving Jared to bench and helping their bench, and two giving him another bedroom and playoff experience. But Wade is injury prone. He's not the Dwayne Wade he was back when LeBron was with him in Miami. It's not <laughs> you really going to think they're go both going to go out and score twenty thirty points on eight. No, right? Wade will average in the mid teens. Let's not forget about Derrick Rose. Thank you, Colin. Cool. Maybe average 10 points if he's Derek Rose is just a sad story. Yes. But, but. Yeah, no. Cleveland, that acquisition of Wade definitely helps. But they, they're they still, as of now, not even maybe the best team in the East. Boston still might have that title right now on paper. I hope you're right. Me too. I hate LeBron. A lot of people do. Yep. <sighs> now, what about Oklahoma? Where do I stand what with does, them? What does that do? What does Melo do for them? Nothing. Nothing. You don't think. <laughs> it doesn't matter what anyone does. The Warriors are the best team in the NBA by far. Do you think but they have a lot more competition now in the West. They do. The NBA, the NBA, it's going to be a good year. There's a lot For the of West. Like, Definitely not for the East. And for the East. The NBA is not all. The East is, it's a throw up now. It's truly a throw up in the East for the first time in a long time. In the West, who knows if Curry gets hurt or Durant gets hurt, then it's a throw up in the West. The thing is, people said the same thing when Durant got hurt last year and the Warriors ended up no, being better. I'm talking like. Like, you know, I obviously don't want this to happen, but like a torn ACL or something. Kevin Durant's fake account to start playing. His next chapter's already starting. 
<laughs> but it's a throw up, and the, the basically other than the one spot in the West is a throw up too, because you don't know how. Well, the Grizzlies are going to probably win ten games, and so I'll be the seventh. Seven seven yeah, I guess <laughs> one and seven are set. But you don't know if Portland's going to get in the playoffs. Now. You don't know if the Clippers will be in the playoffs now. You don't know how. They still have DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. DeAndre Jordan's not. Don't care. They have hype. You know who I'll look out for in the West? Paul George. Mellow, Plays for Oklahoma. Westbrook, you don't know how they're going to all do together. You don't know. James my Hart thing, Chris Paul James my Hart thing is, support. Russell Westbrook, I thought, would work so well with Paul George because he's a better defender than Kevin Durant, just not as good as an score. Yeah, I don't know why people are like, Paul George needs the ball 24-7. He, he, doesn't he didn't have the no, ball 24-7 in Indiana. Sorry, Colin. Don't uh, bring that up, please. But Mel probably does. The Mel, if Mel, Mel truly is committed, but people don't realize how committed he actually was with the Knicks. He was just in such a bad situation. And the Knicks are so bad. I feel like if he's actually committed to Oklahoma, he'll, <laughs> the he'll realize Westbrook's the best player on that team and <laughs> become the second or third option. But if I'm the Thunder, I still want the ball through Stephen Adams. Or Andre Robeson. Who can somehow shoot threes but can't shoot free throws. He cannot shoot threes. Yeah, no, I played with him every, on NBA once. <laughs> one, once every, like, 20 games, he'll make five threes, and then he'll make zero threes. The, <laughs> the thing about this whole Carmelo thing is, Somehow the Thunder have the best GM, I think, in all of, like, sports somehow. They gave up Oladipo, some goofy white dude, bonus. for Paul George. Then they gave up or Cantor and some other dude for, I mean, say what you want about him. He can still throw up 20 a game. Oh, yeah. Melo's definitely not, like, trash. No, and I think going on a team with a winning culture, he's never been on a good team ever. Yes, he has. Denver. He's never, okay, uh, let me rephrase awesome. that. He's never had a team of, of a supporting Catholic he's going to have now. Chauncey Billups is a good player. God damn it, you're right. But the Knicks were trash. They had a Marius Sotomayor who... That was a good team for like a year. Until... I don't know. I'm not sold on them. I'm not either. Like They haven't even played a game yet. Preseason starts tonight. I don't know. Man. Saturday. I'm that's, not sure when this episode's going up. Yeah, probably right after this. But I don't know. I'm interested to see how the NBA plays out this year. Speaking of, I just realized where Matthew was. Matthew's probably hanging himself because Kawhi Leonard is out for the preseason. Quad injury. And he, but he hung himself because Russell Westbrook's not going to the Lakers now. That's true. Matthew. But yeah, that's actually... Now we're back to baseball. I no, apologize. I've got one more thing. One more thing. finals are going on. Okay, baseball. <laughs> uh, Transition, something no one cares about. Red baseball. Reds is really bad. Man... They had a good. They give me hope every single year, and then they do this bull crap. They were, but they did knock out the Brewers of the playoffs. Shout out to your Cubs, Bryce. Love you guys. They won the Central. They knocked out the Cardinals on a on a walk off rob of a home run. It's pretty awesome. Cardinals are the worst team of all time. I'm glad they're dead. They can be dead every year for all I'm concerned. Cardinals suck. Yadier Molina needs to be deported. Never allowed to play ever again. That's very Donald Trump of you, Dylan. Yeah. Way to get political again. Oh, you you put words in my mouth. Okay. You said it, not me. Okay, so the Dodgers, another good team in the NBA. Best record. I'm not sold on them. I never am. Neither they am I. They go good every year, and then they choke in the first round of the playoffs because Clayton Kershaw forgets how to pitch. I don't think Cody Bellinger's going to show up. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I know he was a So, Bryce, as a Cubs so fan that you are, are you worried about the Dodgers? I'm still, I mean... The best team in baseball, record-wise, you have to be at least a little concerned. But you also have to feel or understand they had they were ninety and like forty. Now they're one hundred and fifty. 
I know, but like they still have the they obviously have the talent potential. They're not it's it's definitely good that they, they were hot at the wrong time. But they still have the talent potential to give people games and series and win. I I th- I don't know. I don't think Los Angeles is gonna get past the wild card, whether that be the Rockies or the Diamondbacks. If it, Diamondbacks, this kind of feels like that Hawks team when they had the most wins in the NBA, but no one took them serious. I never take them seriously. I, I've been a doubted truther forever. The thing, I would say the what the AL are the ALs more thrown up. You got the Astros, the Indians, and Boston. All three could win the World Series. New York's in a good mix too. Yeah, you could argue them too. The I mean the wild card that the West is are the ALs. I think better this year, but I'm not sold. I'm never sold on the Nationals as long as they have no bullpen. As long as they have Dusty Baker, I'm not sold on him. The Dodgers just choke him. You're just saying that because you hated him when he was with the Reds. No, I'm not. I'm saying that because he he was with the Reds. I went through it three, four times. Every, never mind. Screw Dusty Baker. Point is, Cubs have the best. Cubs have the most experience. They might not have the best team this year, but they know how to get it done. They've been to the World Series t- two years in a row. No, they one were in year. one year. They went last year, won it, then the one in the seven, They 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 have playoff experience. They're all a bunch of young guys who have experience. The Dodgers don't. They don't perform. They just never perform in the playoffs. Uh, I agree with that. All right. So, uh, who do you think your NL AL MVPs are? I'm taking Votto, but it's not going to be him. He deserves it, but his team is so bad, we're awful. But if I'm going to pick it's a real one, Bryce Harper it's again. no, it's not. Who do you think? It's going to go to Paul Goldschmidt. Oh. Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado, if I had to guess for NL. Come on, who's your a- NL? Like I said, I want to say Votto, but, I mean, it should be, he's most deserving. He's gotten 100 RBIs, 100 runs, he's been on the base 300 times. That's happened five times in baseball history. But since not we're gonna look so at that. bad. We're, we're the worst team, we're probably the wor- we're one of the worst teams in the NL. Since the Reds are so bad, it doesn't even matter. But, yeah, who you taking? Corrupt MLB. Um, <laughs> Occupy MLB. Bryce? Arenado. You don't know enough about the NL. I don't know who that is. He plays for the Rockies. Chris Bryant? No. Uh, no, he, he didn't have a very good... T- okay. Yeah, I know. He's not. The AL. That's... I would say it's who's that, Jose Altuve and nobody else. Maybe Aaron Judge. I would say Aaron Judge. He picked it up lately. I'm going to say... He's not actually, g- no, I'm going to say Aaron Judge because he was my... He was I your mid-season, yeah. You were, he was your high take. I, I, I don't know. John Carlos Dane is another one I came for the NL. Back to the NL. He has 60 home runs, and no one's talking about that enough. Because he plays for a not-so-good team. It's corrupt. Corrupt MLB. Occupy. Order of corrupt things. In we America. are MLB. Tr- number two is MLB. Okay. Number three, two. Number three is the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> number number four is the college basketball. Louisville. Sports. No, Kentucky. This is, guys, this Kentucky is slowly becoming a truth of radio. Okay, the next, speaking uh, of corruption, we'll get to some segments. Uh, Rick Pitino is now dead. Wait, no, he's not. As we previously discussed. He's not dead. He's, he's fired. So, he still, as an American, has the right to get a new job. It'll so, be hard for him. It'll be, but I, we think no, these will be some good for him. Okay, Bryce, uh, as a man who has a job, stick brag. Yeah. We all have jobs. Yes. What do you think Rick Pitino is best suited for? All right, so my order number four, these four and three for me, are just because like you know this is he has the look to fit this part perfectly. So number four, used car salesman. He does have that sketchy he guy. He definitely look. has that look. He's he's you know does whatever he need, he needs to do to get either someone there or sell, sell something. 
or he did whatever he needed to to get players there so he can do whatever he needs to do to get you to buy that car. That's true. So that's number four. Number three, again, he has that look. He's notorious for handling women and prostitutes. Pimp. I can definitely see him walking around with like a fur coat and like a that hat with the feather and the pimp stick. I say he did let prostitutes help underage. Fifteen recruits. seconds. Yep. <laughs> um, number two, uh, this is definitely a full time job in itself. Being just a, a dad. I'd say ask LeBron, dad. father of three. Yep. Just retiring. For the kids. Go all Minnesota games. Support whatever jersey. That's Rick. two sizes too small for him. <laughs> Um, and number one, just get employed by Nike. That would be crazy. By a Nike team or Nike? Just, like, either anywhere from, like, just working at a store as a suit salesman to, like, up to the office. Okay. Making executive decisions. All right, Colin, you want to go next or you want to go last? Um, I'll go next. Okay, go ahead. Colin Gravy? Oh, yeah, Colin Gravy, Bryce. Um, I'll give you an A. By the way. Yeah, boy. Hey, where did he sell you? With the salesman. Probably the salesman. He does have that look. And the pimp look. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right. I All guess. right. Well, my first two, he, I mean, he's known to be, he's prone to be a liar. So I could see him as either a lawyer, because he, he's known to get out of trouble. But it, it, multiple times. Multiple times. And I see him as a politician, because he seems rather corrupt. Third. He's going to be run for president. Next. Uh, o- only time will tell. Rick Pitino, 2020. Next. This is just primarily because he kind of has an angelic voice in my IMO. One of those people that talks in documentaries during, like, Planet Earth. He doesn't have that voice. No, no I was thinking more of, like, an, like, a 30 for 30 documentary or, like, a That's football life thing. Yeah. I'm saying this is, like, he just forgets about he forgets about the world of sports entirely. So he's going to forget he even coached? Yes. He's going to go so to... Yeah, CTE. He's going to ta- take a bunch it's of... Isn't real, he's going to CTE. Lastly... I mean, he has ties with this company. He becomes a CEO of Adidas. <laughs> That'd be pretty wild, but uh, okay. You gonna grade mine, Dilly? Yeah. I, I like the lawyer and the politics thing. Narrator kind of turned me off. CEO of Adidas. I don't think Adidas is ever gonna touch him ever again, which makes it so great. But probably a B. I respect it. Okay, my first one. I mean, it's every time a coach ever gets in trouble in anything, they end up working for ESPN on game day. Yep. So he'll probably work on game day in that, two or three years. Yeah, that, that's not a sustaining career. No, he, like, Which I guess he's pretty close to retirement anyway. I say he'll probably work there for two or three years or like a sideline reporter or like a play-by-play type of thing, color commentator. He'll do that. Number two, he might go back to the mob because he always had ties with the mob. Number three is my personal favorite one I picked. Since he only lasts about 15 seconds, likes the rush and the enjoyment of something quick, he could be a NASCAR picker, remember? Okay. You gotta be fast to do that, and then uh, you're getting a C for this. <laughs> How? <laughs> you're not grading. You're not even so grading it. So. Go ahead. No. Okay, okay. So uh, my last one. Thoughts and prayers of the man that was a par- very big part of my childhood, Hugh Hefner. He is long gone. People always say you're in a better place when you die. Hugh Hefner's not. Think, uh, but I saw this on Twitter. Think about it. His first wife's name was Mildred. His last wife's name was Crystal. Put that into perspective. That's how long that's, that man lived for bun- just for a bunch of women. I oh, say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think Rick Pitino could be the new next two Hefner. He loves women. He likes being around women for only about 15 seconds. So and That's how long one of Hugh Hefner's marriages lasted, it seemed like. <laughs> okay. Rest in, peace, Hugh uh, rest in peace, Hugh Hefner. Yeah, but those are my four. I'll give you... 
plus just because the ESPN, there's no way that he's getting hired. Because, I said two years from now. No, uh, I don't think he's still going to get hired. This At is, all? This seems different from like any other corrupt coach thing. This seems way different. But, hmm. So I win. You just wanted to win. No, I'd legit give you a B plus. But next segment, final segment. Haven't heard this for a while because, you know, NBA's been dead. But LeBron versus. <laughs> Bring it back. Yep. Today or the other day on Twitter, saw someone comment on one of LeBron's posts about speaking out towards Trump, saying that basically the best athlete of our generation, you know, speaking out, congratulations to him. And then someone else said, I agree with you, except LeBron's not the best athlete of our generation. It's Serena Williams, stay woke. So this week's LeBron versus LeBron versus Serena Williams. Uh, okay, I will argue. Count. Are we okay, so who in wants to be court, the, in a basketball court or a tennis court? Just as an athlete. Who wants to be the mediator? I'll mediate. All right, Colin, I'm going to defend Serena. You can be on LeBron's side. So I'm probably Wait a wise. minute. This isn't this is just an embrace debate. I don't want this. We should have our own opinions. Okay, fine. I'm saying Serena, I'm Serena as she's well. She's not that much of a bitch. Okay. All LeBron talking about nowadays is just how Donald Trump's just a piece of shit. It's getting annoying. It's Serena big. just focuses on her sport. LeBron trying to make LeBron tries to make himself bigger than he actually is. He is a dad though. He is a father of three Keep He that is mind. a father. I will give him that. That's something Serena can never do. Unless <laughs> she gets a sex change. But that's a, that is another topic of discussion for another day. Okay. So, so I did you just give LeBron an edge because he's a father and Serena can't be a father? Yeah. No, you, I you made me very. Wait, is she the pregnant one or is that Venus? She just had a kid. So she's a mother. Oh, LeBron's not a mother. She's not a mother of three. Excuse LeBron me. never gave birth. Where is LeBron's? Where, All right, so v- Serena, Serena, Serena slam. Where's the LeBron slam? All right, Serena has a point because she gave birth. LeBron can never bear childbirth unless he gets a section. That's not no, even not even that, Colin. He can't get pregnant ever. Um, remember that video from Tosh Point You're. That guy gave birth. Because he was a girl at first. How do you know that? That's a good point. How do we know that? I'm going to put money on it. Okay, okay, so I'm arguing Serena because you can't tell me if LeBron's sitting there up against Serena and Serena doesn't serve like 140 miles an hour, she's not going to kill him. That's true. LeBron can't hit a basketball with a tennis racket at 140 miles (laughs) an hour. And break the tennis racket. (laughs) So we're all on the same page. But at the same time, Serena can't break a tennis racket with a tennis ball, so LeBron might get a point there. Ooh. LeBron's a father of three. Yeah, Serena's not a father of three. All right. She's a mother. So I think this, this is very conflicted. This, I think LeBron wins this one. Yeah. It LeBron. pains us to say that, but... Uh, LeBron is indeed the best athlete of our generation. It also pains us to say this is the end of the episode. Uh, thanks again to Trestle. Matthew, he might be dead on him. That house may have collapsed. Uh, we can only hope. And also, <laughs> shout out to investigative journalist Patrick. We're doing nothing this week. Yeah, his brother may have gotten robbed. That's one of the funnest stories I've ever heard. That's the talk of the town. Not, not at all. Just behind closed doors. Okay, that's the show, guys. We will see you. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Hashtag Patino Twenty Twenty. Hold up. Hey, all my niggas be thinking we soft. We don't play. We gon' rock it till the wheels fall off. Hold up. Oh my niggas who be acting too bold, take a seat. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey, smoke weed every day.